Welcome to the Pathways to Energy Efficiency and AEEE Production. I am Nitin Kesa, your host. In today's episode, I'm joined by Jyoti Mukul, who is the editor for Energy and Infrastructure at Business Standard, India's leading business daily. Jyoti has a keen interest in the power sector, economy, sustainability practices, and politics on which he writes regularly. Today, we will talk about how the demand side of power looks like in the context of India, how the energy sector is evolving. and what are the some cleaner pathways towards this energy transition welcome once again jyoti to our podcast before we start could you please tell our audiences a bit about yourself well i've been uh, writing on energy uh, sector for around now 27 years and uh, of course uh, the focus of uh, energy sector itself has uh, has uh, changed quite a lot but some of the some of the problems which are there overall in the energy sector whether it's the liquid fuel side or the cooking fuel side or even electricity uh, seems uh, you know in last uh, three decades they don't seem to have changed those issues are there so uh, so uh, my uh, my uh, coverage as a as a journalist as a writer of the sector has been um, largely i have seen that the issues remain the same the reasons may be slightly different and uh, we just um, the figures change you know the issues don't change so that is my experience but simultaneously um, i uh, have also been focusing on the infrastructure sector where power of course is part of infrastructure structure but infrastructure as also in uh, mobility was in uh, urban infrastructure and as we all know that energy is an essential part of that uh, mobility focus of uh, also uh, how smart cities or urban development can uh, happen we you over the past uh, more than a decade we have seen the city gas uh, distribution networks involved which are essential part of any modern city these days the pipe natural gas to households as well as commercial establishments so those are the kinds of things one has seen uh, evolved during the course of one's own career uh, at the same time that energy uh, certain projects certain energy uh, you could say hotspots are there uh, which uh, never seem to have been uh, resolved these projects were uh, problematic not uh, i'm talking about energy but at the same time there are also projects which are in the infrastructure mobility side there are host of uh, metro projects or uh, or you know uh, city development projects and uh, of course power generation projects that have been in middle of controversies uh, all these years long so so uh, what i'm trying to say is that uh, though uh, uh, what uh, I, i'm trying to say is that though uh, the um, the energy scenario has evolved the the policy making the regulatory scenario has evolved there's more private participation now but the issues which came, uh, remain there are uh, still there over uh, over my working career at least right uh, that, that's very insightful what you said you know like the numbers change but the problems uh, still remain i think I, i second that i think like as a nation of 1.3 billion people i think uh, it it it's, it's a long uh, process i mean it's a long ride for us i mean like the example of pipe gas line you gave i think that's a, that's a good way to see how as a nation we are 
covering a few things, but at the same time, you know, that's a long way to go. So uh, I'm going to jump on to my first question. Uh, it's also similar as what you just said right now. So I'm just going to uh, reiterate a little bit more. It is said that the paradigm shift in Indian energy sector will increasingly influence and shape the global energy economy. Could you share with our audiences how the Indian energy sector is evolving? Well, uh, if you go by the data which is uh, put out by the International in- Energy Agency and they uh, fairly regularly uh, they, based on government data, government data provided by various governments, they keep updating their uh, uh, reports. So uh, India is the third largest electricity consumer as per IEA data and it consumes around 1311 uh, you know, uh, terawatt per hour of power, which is uh, while the global consumption is around uh, 22,848. So um, at the same time, IE also says that uh, uh, this uh, India will account for one fourth of the global energy demand growth during uh, the period uh, 2019 and 2040. Now, this is the largest by any country, and the and the share of renewable energy in this in this piece uh, will also be the second largest in the world after China. So, uh, the the point here is that um, if you if you compare India to say the uh, the largest consumer of electricity, uh, which is China, uh, in China is consuming five times more electricity than India at present. And the second largest consumer of power, which is the United States, is uh, consuming three times more electricity than India. So while uh, these numbers will uh, witness a critical level of you know um, uh, changes over the next few years, considering that uh, IEA is saying that one fourth of the uh, global energy growth will come from in energy the demand growth will come from India. So uh, obviously these numbers uh, will uh, uh, will change dramatically, and uh, we'll see that there uh, these these numbers will grow. But but, you know, if you if you put it in the current context and then see how the growth will happen, it is a little perplexing uh, situation because um, we have seen uh, a lot of growth of renewables in India over past few years. And uh, ideally, this should have reduced our reliance on coal-based generation, but um, uh, also, you know, slowly reducing our dependence uh, uh, on uh, conventional power to the level of uh, conventional power meeting only balancing power requirement and not a base load requirement that was ex- uh, that is what we would expect in next few years as renewable takes more space. But what we are witnessing currently now is rather confusing because if you see over the last one month or so uh, there has been a coal uh, uh, supply shortage bringing the power plants to a critical level of uh, you know uh, generation levels and also coal stock levels so so what I'm trying to say is that while we are evolving and growing as a huge uh, energy market we are 
actually uh, still not evolving or well, meaning one side there is growth but they, at the same time the problems uh, seem to remain the same of coal supply while we are increasing renewable so this this um, this whole energy sector while we are evolving from the demand side we are evolving from the uh, energy mix side but um, still if there is a shortage if there is a crunch uh, we tend to uh, uh, you know uh, get uh, rattled by these uh, shortages right so i think uh, what you mentioned here was a uh, very important uh, what you just said you know like our demand for power and especially in context of electricity uh, i mean it, though it has doubled in the last decade and is expected to triple by 2040 and when we see like how it's going to match the likes of china and the united states uh my next question is how do you see it i mean like is it a supply side challenge or is it an opportunity on the demand side uh, are we doing enough on the demand side i think that that's also a part of this question now demand side uh, i guess you uh, you are referring to the are we doing demand side management and uh, you know bringing in the efficiencies which should be there on the demand side so um my point would be that uh, the technologies which are currently in play in india are uh, fairly advanced and uh, one of the best in in the world is what uh, companies tell us companies who are in the business of say grid management uh, distribution infrastructure you know putting up of transmission lines or of power, you know power stations or you know uh, the uh, substations and uh, also about uh, you know uh, the whole grid management activity so those are fairly advanced uh, technologies which try to uh, balance the demand and the supply side of power um, in india uh, and uh, they they do it fairly efficiently i would say because uh, after that uh, huge uh, grid failure which india had witnessed more or less uh, things have not that been that bad in india and uh, power supply is more of a local uh, local uh, issue when it snaps rather than a grid level a problem but when it comes to efficiently using uh, electricity um what uh, what i would say is that we witness is this lack of awareness about uh, bringing in uh, efficient ways of utilization of power or in more simple uh, words we could say uh, a better greener way of living is not really part of um our uh, habits you know uh, individual at the individual levels uh, at the business level what we see is efficiencies uh, bring in savings so um, so a lot of uh, companies and and also there are uh, laws which require that um, uh, you know the companies meet the efficiency norms whether it is uh, the star rating of appliances or the consumption at the industry level so uh, there are uh, uh, regulatory norms for industry but when it comes to say individual levels uh, unless an individual uh, does it on its own there is a lack of um, major awareness about uh, 
conserving, about using uh, more efficient appliances or switching off when they are not in use. Those kind of, uh, uh, that kind of awareness level is not there. So when we say demand side management, the first um, thing which immediately comes to my mind is um, adopting efficient, uh, uh, efficient ways of doing uh, things. So that is one. Second, uh, at, at the at the power uh, distribution company level, uh, there could uh, be you know uh, uh, hours during the day when certain sectors uh, require more power, and certain uh, others don't require that much power. Of course, with the work from home and lockdown, uh, the situation is not so very. Um, clear cut nowadays because a lot of people work still working out of home so the daytime consumption which was not happening in the residential areas probably is happening right now uh, the use of uh, uh, air conditioners and uh, other stuff and uh, the office activity probably is not reached the normal pre-covid level so uh, but from a distribution point uh, company point of view this demands and management of when the demand uh, increases uh, in the day or seasonal demand also it could be seasonal especially in north india the uh, extreme weather conditions make uh, 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 more, uh, you know, uh, demand for uh, power increases during those months, during those days. So uh, at the distribution company level, technology and grid management systems are very important for the demand side management. And uh, of course, uh, we have to see that how far this demand can be met from renewable sources, which uh, also are intimate in uh, nature. But um, at the same time, there are technologies which are coming up, battery adoption would be there, we expect it to be there. So that, um, so I, I guess uh, in years to come, the demand side management will see a lot of uh, changes. Right. So I think uh, what you made here is a very, very important point. I think uh, in context of uh, DSM technologies, I mean, we are looking ahead of ourselves. If, if you're talking about India as a whole, not probably a few pockets, a um, uh, few urban pockets like Delhi and Mumbai. Right. But I think what you've also said and uh, raised an important point is, uh, I mean, how people can make energy as the first choice of fuel. I mean, like, how do we save and uh, uh, on the fuel rather than, you know, like uh, creating more on the supply side. So the, on the energy efficiency piece, uh, in context of raising awareness, what are some of the uh, challenges and some of the opportunities that you see lie ahead of us? Well, uh, challenges and opportunities, uh, of course, um, uh, is a challenge, of course, is, uh, as I told you, with more and more renewable adoption and the intermittent uh, nature of the uh, renewable sources, that is one challenge we need to meet. And even at the individual uh, household or industry premises where people have adopted rooftop solar, uh, solar though there is uh, net metering concepts and things like that, but the challenge is to, uh, you know, overcome that um, uh, that lack of uh, reliability, which uh, still uh, with which uh, renewable is 
viewed at, at the moment. That is one important uh, challenge and there also lies the opportunity for uh, technological innovation of adopting hybrid systems. Uh, hybrid could be battery, uh, so solar or wind, uh, solar battery. So that, uh, uh, that is one opportunity uh, which is there. Uh, the other uh, opportunity, of course, is uh, making uh, more uh, coal itself uh, because we are nowhere uh, uh, going towards uh, zero coal uh, generation because uh, we still have uh, um, more than 50% half of our power coming from uh, uh, coal-based generation. So the opportunity or the challenge first, let us uh, talk about on that side, is more efficient power plants. And more efficient power plants would mean a higher investment in replacement. So uh, that is one challenge. And uh, there also lies the opportunity for technology to make uh, coal more and more coal-based generation, more and more benign for the, for the planet. And of course, when the plant life, uh, like we have big, uh, big uh, power generators telling us that they will not be putting up more coal-based generation, both NTPC, Tata Power, they have announced these plans. So obviously, uh, the the the, uh, ch the challenge of um, me, uh, uh, tackling coal-based pollution, coal generation-based uh, power, uh, the pollution caused by it uh, will uh, reduce over a period of time. But um, still, um, for a vast country like India, it would still be some time when there would be no coal-based generation because that would be um, a scenario which is difficult to imagine at present but this as these situations evolve uh, obviously there'll be a lot of uh, scope for new technological innovations new policy innovations new interventions at the um, at the uh, you know uh, awareness levels of creating uh, more awareness about things changing uh, uh, consumer behavior so those are the kind of things where i think uh, also lie the opportunity of uh, having new products Right. So, uh, uh, talking particularly about uh, energy efficiency, I mean, you earlier said, you know, like the biggest challenge in context of energy efficiency, though, like uh, industry has adapted towards it. It's, it's, it's the masses. I think even uh, as an organization, we also struggle, you know, like how do we take our message out to the people? How do we simply tell, tell them and how do we bring that behavior change amongst the people? You know, like you can say if you are switching off the light i mean you're not only doing good uh, to your pocket but also for the planet so how do you how does one build that narrative i mean like what are the pathways to that kind of a communication and uh, the channels as well and and especially the role of media in uh, raising that awareness as well See, there are two things. Uh, uh, when uh, you talk about efficiency, uh, e efficiency uh, typically would mean that you are uh, uh, trying to optimize uh, the the supply, uh, the utilization of any any commodity or a service. So here, when we are talking about power and you are trying to optimize its use and trying to reduce uh, wastage, uh, so obviously there is uh, also this uh, whole question about uh, people who uh, you know uh, get business out of uh, supplying power or rather generating power also. 
for them um, promoting efficiency may not uh, be a very uh, you know business friendly proposition in the sense that uh, they would expect that the demand would not rise because um, more efficient appliances are being used people are using uh, trying to uh, moderate their wasteful uh, ways and uh, uh, you know reduce um, their consumption or rather not let their consumption grow uh, in a wasteful manner so uh, therefore for a generator or a seller of power or retailer of power this may not be a very good uh, business proposition because businesses survive on more demand whether that demand comes from uh, wasteful utilization or that demand comes from pr- productive utilization uh, i don't think uh, at the end of the day that uh, uh, organization is really bothered about that all it is bothered about its plant load factor its uh, balance sheet and uh, whether it is able to recover the power uh, charges from people but from a general uh, policy point of view or from the as i mentioned earlier from the uh, point of view of having adopted the greener ways of living and of being more environment friendly of not harming uh, things around you see we talk about renewable but at the same time even renewable energy does consume a, a portion of um, uh, the resources which uh, earth provides us the um, natural resources there are panels there are batteries there are uh, other forms of you know infrastructure which is created for even renewable generation which uh, the disposal of that the land requirement for that the impact of uh, certain uh, renewable installations on the on the uh, flora and fauna of the surrounding areas are these are the issues which lead us to believe that if we are able to uh, you know completely uh, cut down on wasteful uh, expenditure we would rather be promoting um, a good way of living we would uh, be also the the shortages which come up uh, you know even in in the united states recently there was this uh, a cyclone and uh, because of which the power demand uh, became uh, uh, very uh, you know the the heat factor had gone up and then there was the uh, the power rates had gone up considerably so they have this advisory issued uh, from the local regulator on how to go about uh, reducing your consumption during especially during peak hours how at what temperature they should set their uh, the uh, um, air conditioning at how they should you be using their electric cooking stoves so uh, so what i'm trying to say is that using appliances and also uh, consuming electricity in in a more uh, thoughtful way is the way forward and for that uh, awareness levels uh, need to be uh, we should not forget that uh, we are one of those societies where electricity is uh, something very new for many people so uh, so you know it, it is a luxury at the same time there are people who cannot afford it and uh, whom uh, for whom government subsidy is very important so if we connect if we are able to connect uh, power consumption with saving at the individual household level and if we are able to uh, may, uh, make them aware that how consuming electricity in a better way helps in saving your power bill 
reducing your power bill or keeping your power bill under control, uh, we would be um, automatically promoting a more uh, more efficient way of uh, you know living. So that is one way of doing it. And of course, awareness programs, incentives could also be given. That is another side of it. I don't think government uh, uh, has done enough uh, for this, though. There are organizations like uh, BEE, PCRA, which uh, focus on uh, efficiency of uh, uh, energy efficiency, uh, better utilization, conservation of uh, um, uh, petroleum products and conservation of electricity, how to make uh, buildings uh, more uh, um, uh, smarter and uh, you know less energy consuming. So the, there are these uh, programs in place, but how far or with how much cuts to they are being implemented is something which I uh, which I doubt. Well, I think uh, 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 on the level of uh, implementation, I think the biggest challenge uh, for all the books or whatever the literature you read about, especially in context of energy efficiency, I think it, it's the awareness. And uh, come to think about the awareness, I think it would start first at the level of that purchase of an appliance. So, uh, so if I'm say uh, a manufacturer of a smartphone, right? So, does my smartphone manufacturer tells me like is much uh, how much energy consumption I'm gonna consume uh, from this uh, device, or likewise for any appliance like that? So, I think uh, those disclosures. I mean, like at the beginning. Uh, I mean, definitely they have written on their uh, the, the piece uh, of on the. On, on the on the boxes and everything what the sell through but that explicit information is not shared with the audiences right I mean that I think that's the first step and then probably I think uh, a lot of people don't know I mean uh, what energy efficiency essentially means I mean and uh, even in the schools uh, I mean how much focus is on that so so uh, we do see a lot of barriers towards this piece. But I mean, if we have to figure out what could be that one solution, and especially uh, the role, I mean, like um, uh, from the media's perspective, definitely uh, the stories which are of interest to the to the common man do get portrayed. But what about just basic knowledge sharing? How do we do that? Well, the basic knowledge uh, sharing, if you see, um, if you see advertising is one big way of doing it. The, um, the, Advertising, if you see campaigns of uh, government, uh, does make a lot of impact, especially uh, television and radio uh, channels, which could be used uh, for that is one way, of course. And then there is also um, the uh, more basic way in good old days and even now that holds true is of creating awareness through school level programs or you know going to educational institutions and creating programs there now if you've seen whether it is no plastic campaign or the environment programs uh, or the awareness about environment and climate change so a lot happens at the school level uh, and at the uh, educational institutions level uh, on you know making uh, the young generation aware of these things now uh, if that is done similarly for energy efficiency I think uh, that can make a lot of difference in the, the habits of people so there would uh, they would automatically be reflected in a family's uh, behavior because 
if there is one kid or two kid uh, two kids who are um, uh, you know seeing this uh, being taught at school uh, level or in their uh, in even at their college level or their uh, peer group level or uh, then uh, they try to implement that even at home now that is one way of course um, certain things have to be uh, done by families themselves we have also seen that you know if um, how whether you save electricity or you save water or you are more um, environment friendly you use less plastic a lot of this also comes from parents you know or parents uh, who build these habit in their kids right from the beginning so um, that of course uh, uh, takes time but um, uh, because changing habits of grown ups uh, become a, a big challenge but that's where i would say advertising uh, does help a lot in creating awareness now uh, media uh, as far as media uh, information uh, in the print media is concerned or non advertising coverage of news is concerned uh, i would say the uh, the focus not uh, is not much on efficiency at all at the moment and probably it would not be because what happens is when you talk about media coverage non advertising news coverage which is more focused on say big breaking stories or big data numbers or uh, big policy changes regulatory problems those kind of issues are uh, which uh, keep the media um, uh, occupied most times efficiency probably does not um, fall in that bracket of making big headlines but at the same time if you are able to you know um, uh, say um, bring in regulations that like we have for star ratings and electric uh, appliances we have this um, uh, rating system and then the government also uh, sometime back um, be came out with uh, you know uh, air conditioning norms for institutions those kind of norms are there but uh, initially when they were announced uh, a lot was written about them but then subsequently not much is written about them but then i i would also say that organizations like the which are already there or even the non government organizations um which are into energy efficiency works uh they uh, should be highlighting the various um, benefits which come out of it and also uh the various ways in which uh, they are trying to promote or implement guidelines so that uh, uh, more awareness uh, media of course will play a very important role here and um, both uh, in terms of uh, paid uh, advertising or you know in terms of uh, putting out data and regulations which uh, promote efficiency right so uh, as we are on a cl- uh, uh, close to our uh, episode so i just want to ask you one more last question jyoti earlier you said uh, your work uh, in- intersects with electric mobility infrastructure and energy overall so my this question to you is on the lines you know like how do you st- uh, foresee i mean like the impact of uh, electric vehicles uh on our energy system are we prepared for that do we have enough uh, policies in place to check this piece and i mean in a country where we already have uh, heavy losses where people do not essentially pay for uh, the electricity bills how do we bring in the ev piece together 
Now, I would say in some sense, uh, EV, uh, EVs have uh, picked up in, in a smaller way. Uh, there are very, there are two extreme, uh, you know, two contrasting segments, rather not extreme, but contrasting segments of uh, electric vehicles, uh, you know, the adoption of electric vehicles. So at one end, there is a public transport system, uh, buses and e-rickshaws and then e-scooters, which are commercially utilized. We see a lot of them in bigger cities. And, um, and uh, their adoption probably is much lesser in smaller towns and cities. And, uh, but uh, we see campuses which are green and have green uh, electric buses uh, which are being utilized. So that's one end of the market. And the other end of, of the market are the luxury uh, electric vehicle passenger cars. So these are two, uh, uh, you know, different segments. And in the middle somewhere is the huge market which is not picking up. So that, uh, I think, uh, of course, there, there are concerns of uh, charging. Now, um, if you see load shedding in, in a city, uh, say, like uh, Gurgaon, where I stay, uh, a lot of uh, scope is there for electric vehicle adoption because um, the uh, the kind of people who live here, uh, they would easily want, they love technology, so they would easily want to experiment with newer technology, more efficient technologies. They would uh, want to be environment friendly and they would easily switch to EVs. But uh, if you see the level of uh, electricity supply in the city, now uh, there is a huge dependence on diesel wage generation. There is uh, huge um, hours of uh, load shedding which happen uh, from the distribution companies. So what I'm trying to say is that this, if the city adopts uh, more in that middle segment where more and more uh, middle segment of uh, electric vehicles are uh, adopted, do you think our electricity system is any way uh, going to be uh, able to match up to that requirement? So I don't think so because uh, first of all, even if the uh, we move increase we increase the pace of movement towards the electric vehicles, what is happening is that our electricity sector, our sub electricity supply sector is not really environment friendly in the sense that we are still consuming diesel-based power. We are still having hours of load shedding, which means that um, the backup uh, systems which are uh, based on diesel are used. So what I'm trying to say is if you add to this piece another source of demand for electricity, which is electric vehicle, we are in no way being more environment friendly than we were earlier. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that now's the time as the demand for EVs or the the uh, OEMs, you know, they move towards more uh, providing more products, to the consumer and the electric vehicle segment, because government is also promoting that, then this time uh, should be utilized by the state-owned uh, distributor uh, companies as well as generators to shift to a proper system of renewable power. Otherwise, this whole this whole idea of having less polluting vehicles is really not uh, happening. We are using diesel-based generation to charge up electric vehicles, which is right. not what we want. Right, and becoming like a Bitcoin problem then in that case, you know, like you're generating more Bitcoins at the cost of environment and 
uh, everything else. That's, that's that's so true. So I think uh, uh, before uh, we sign off, I'd like to extend uh, uh, once more. Thank you, Jyoti, for this insightful discussion with us. I hope uh, it was enriching for our listeners as it was for us. To our listeners, uh, do share your thoughts on how you like today's show and write to us if you want to know more about how by making energy efficiency the first field of choice, we can do good for the environment as well as our pockets and energy security. This is Nitin, your host, signing off now. Stay safe and stay healthy until we meet next time. Thank you.